Welcome to Blitzcats, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to uh, Blitzcast number 68, uh, another podcast, uh, a lot of football topics to get to. Uh, college football season is, is right around the corner, boys and girls. I mean, we're recording Thursday. Uh, there's two games on Saturday, uh, Saturday, August 24th. Um, they've got you know Miami against Florida, and they've got Hawaii against Arizona. A couple of really, really interesting matchups out there. So at the top of the show, Ed, let, let's talk about that Miami Hurricanes against uh, Florida Gators matchup. I mean, they open up the season. It's going to be in, in Orlando, I believe. It's a neutral site. So it's, um, you know, no, no one team has an advantage here. So uh, let me know what, what to look for. Obviously, we've got Manny Diaz against Dan Mullen. Uh, a great offensive scheme by the Florida Gators. A lot of great players on that side of the ball against uh, a great and fast uh, Miami defense that Manny Diaz brings to the table. Yeah, and Florida or the University of Miami, I mean, they're not looking as good. I mean, this isn't the U that we, we've come to know. Uh, you know, they're going to be starting a new quarterback in Jaron Williams. And, uh, you know, the, the, there's going to be a lot of challenges. Uh, you know, they haven't been as good as they usually have um, in the past years. They're kind of in the middle of the pack of the ACC right now. Um, so this is really an opportunity for Florida to win this game. They need to win this game. Because if they want to be in the New Year's Six, um, this is a game they have to win. What are we going to be looking for? Obviously, it's uh, Felipe Franks, uh, the, the quarterback, who showed some promise last year uh, with Dan Mullen. Obviously, the Gators went 10-3. and um, And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talent back, especially in the offensive side of the ball. Manny Diaz with the Miami Hurricanes has, you know, fast linebackers and, and, you know, the defense is going to get after it. I mean, their motto is to get that interception, get that fumble, and they're going to be in your face. Obviously, you mentioned that the freshman quarterback, the, the jitterbugs are going to be there, but they still want to run the football, and they've got a couple of playmakers on the outside. They've got a Jeff Thomas, who's back after being kicked off from the Miami Hurricanes team last year by by Mark Richt. He's a really an explosive wide receiver. And then they've got the transfer from Buffalo, K.J. Osborne. So uh, what do you see? I mean, how do you see this game unfolding? Do you expect the Gators to to, to dictate the tempo and uh, and just uh, and come away with the win? Yeah, I, I hate to say it. I mean, I... You know, I, I like Miami, and I think I think they could be a good team in a couple of years. They've been a strong program. But Florida Florida is just the superior team here. Um, you know, they're, you know, Felipe Franks is a much more experienced quarterback. Um, you know, they have talent around the ball. They have first round talent, you know, on the team. Um, I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Florida to win and to cover. But um, you know, obviously, you know, these games, these games are critical. Uh, you know, these these games kind of set where you're going to be in the rankings and how how the different conferences compare to each other. Well, like I said, it's a it's an exciting game to open the season, uh, and um, then the second game is going to be Hawaii uh, against Arizona. Uh, Kevin Sumlin going against uh, QB Cole McDonald, so that that should be a shootout in itself. 
Um, all right, let's uh, we'll we'll talk about the SEC preview later on in the show because that's that's the granddaddy of them all. It really is best conference in still in college football, and will continue to be that the best conference in college football as long as Nick Saban is still running the Alabama program. But let's start with the Big Ten preview, Ed. Um, obviously, Ohio State has owned the Big Ten ever since Urban Meyer took over. And um, now Urban Meyer steps away. Uh, and they've got Ryan Day running the show. He's going to be the head coach. He obviously was the head coach last year for a couple of games before Urban Meyer returned. But it's a different animal now. He's, he's a great offensive coordinator who's trying to become a legitimate head coach in the Big Ten, no less, at Ohio State. He's replacing a legend. Um, obviously, Dwayne Haskins has moved on. He was drafted in the first round by the Washington Redskins after a, a great sophomore campaign. Now Justin Fields has been named the, the starting quarterback there, quarterback who transferred from the Georgia Bulldogs because Fromm was there, was their starting quarterback. Justin Fields w- wasn't going to take his job, even though he tried last year. So l- let's see. I mean, it's you think Ohio State is still the best team? Or do you expect somebody else to, to challenge them and eventually uh, surpass them for the Big Ten title? Well, that, that rivalry game at the end of the year is the big one. Uh, the Michigan-Ohio State game. It's a big rivalry game between the two schools. But I think it's a, it, it'll be a big indicator of who gets to represent the Big 12 in the college football playoffs. Not only will they win the conference, but you know the winner of the Big Ten deserves a spot in the top four. So... I, I have Michigan winning. Um, you know, the big the big kind of change for me, well, there's two big changes for me. One is that, you know, this year it's going to be in Ann Arbor. And two, Urban Meyer isn't going to be coaching Ohio State. And so Ryan Day, Ryan Day is going to have to beat oh, Michigan, you know, Harbaugh, who's a more experienced coach, in Ann Arbor. Um, you know, you know Michigan has some, some advantages. Uh you know, Shea Patterson will be returning at quarterback. Um, you know, he'll like the spread offense that Josh Gaddis is going to run. Um, they had a spread offense at Ole Miss. Um, I think I think the I think the Wolverines had some bad losses of Ohio. You know, I think the Wolverines had didn't have as bad losses as Ohio State. Ohio State lost Haskins and Nick Bosa, whereas I think the Wolverines they they lost Devin Bush, but. Um, you know, it's just not as big. They didn't lose their quarterback. They they haven't le- lost you know big players like Nick Bosa and Dwayne Haskins. So, I I'm I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Michigan to win the Big Ten, win that game in Ann Arbor, and uh, go to the playoffs. Well, I mean, if if they do beat Ohio State, I think Michigan is definitely gonna rip represent uh, the Big Ten in the, in the college football playoff, and hopefully Harbaugh will be able to to get over the hump and. You know, he wasn't able to do it when Urban Meyer was there, but like you mentioned, Meyer isn't there anymore. It's it's Ryan Day's turn. And I think Ohio State is still the more talented team. You know, when I looked at the roster that Ohio State has, and when I'm looking at Michigan, I still believe that Ohio State is loaded. But they're breaking in a new quarterback. And Justin Fields is exciting, but I, I don't think he's going to be operating at the same rate as Braxton Miller or or Barrett, or Dwayne Haskins. I, I think he's going to struggle a bit. I think the expectations are, 
are incredible, sky high. But how is he going to be able to to handle that pressure in, the, in those big games? I'm also going to choose Michigan, Ed. But <clears throat> I just think they have a, a great wide receiver core group. Um, they've got Donovan Peoples-Jones. They've got uh, Nico Collins, who is probably their best wide receiver out there. Hopefully, Tariq Black is going to be able to to live up to his potential as a sophomore. Uh, you mentioned that they have Shea Patterson back. They have a really talented offensive line that nobody's talking about. This group is is seasoned. I am a little bit worried about their defense, though. They, lo- they lost Devin Bush. They lost Chase Winovich. Say what you want, they still lost Rashawn Gary and David Long in the secondary. Those are four talented guys that really contributed in the big way uh, for the past couple of years. So I think... Defense has some questions to answer, but I'm also going to choose the Michigan Wolverines. I think they get over the hump this year, and I do believe that they're the the best team in the Big Ten. And I, I think Harbaugh, th- this is his season. This is his chance to kind of cement himself and, and get himself in, into the, the college football playoff. How about a team on the rise, Ed? Who should we be looking at? in the Big Ten. There are a lot of contenders, a lot of interesting teams out there. Who are you looking at uh, for, the, for the team that's that's kind of on the upswing? I think a team that's going to kind of surprise a little bit is the Michigan State Spartans. Um, they return nine starters on offense and all at key positions. They also return eight starters on defense. Brian Lewerke is going to be back from injury, and I think he's a good quarterback. He may even have an NFL career, um, probably more of as a backup, but um, you know, I thought they had some bad losses last year, but I was really impressed with their win over Penn State and Happy Valley. You know, they hung tough and they won in overtime. So, yeah, you know, don't sleep on this Michigan State team. Well, Michigan State always has a great defense. It's just the the major question mark with them always is can their offense kind of live up to the hype? And hopefully Lewerke kind of gets through those growing pains that he had last year and uh, returns to form because as a sophomore he looked quite good uh, in certain games and I know a lot of uh, there was a lot of buzz about him as a first round or a day two type of guy obviously there's no buzz right now because he really struggled last year Um, I'm gonna go with Nebraska Ed I'm gonna take it a little bit further Um, I'm just a believer in in Scott Frost Uh, he's a Nebraska alum Uh, he went four and eight last year but I remember what he did at UCF and uh, you know they went six and seven under his reign uh, the first year and then they went 13 and0 the second year he's not I'm not saying he's gonna do that in the big Ten with Nebraska all right this is not going to be an unbeaten season but I think Nebraska wins seven or eight games and I think they go bowling um, they play I want I always look at the schedule because I think it's an important part they play Ohio State. Wisconsin and Iowa at home and I think that's that's really important they've got a a sophomore quarterback a rising star um, at Nebraska Adrian Martinez he's just the star in the making in college football I think he will drive the train the wide receiver group is is led by JD Spillman uh, Rick Rick Spillman's son who's the GM of the Vikings I, I just I'm a believer in Nebraska I think they won seven or eight games and and Frost gets Nebraska going in the right direction. I think this is a team to watch, not only this year, but in the future as well. I think the future looks bright. How about the the most disappointing team uh, that you feel, a team that is going to underachieve next year, this year? 
You know, I, I really feel strongly like Penn State's not going to have a good year. Um, they lose their quarterback, Trace McSorley, who, you know, he's been a staple for them. And maybe he may not be a great NFL quarterback, but, uh, you know, he's he's been the guy for them. And, you know, he's started and he's, um, you know, they only returned five starters on offense. They only returned six starters on defense. Um, you know, they also lost big when Tommy Stevens transferred to Mississippi State. So it looks like Sean Clifford is going to have to be the guy. So I worry about them at the quarterback position, and I'm I'm just I'm thinking this is going to be a tough year for Penn State. I'm going to go with Northwestern. Um, they 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 won the Big Ten West last year. Uh, they have Hunter Johnson at quarterback now. He's a transfer from Clemson, a very talented quarterback. I mean, before Trevor Lawrence got there, Hunter Johnson was supposed to become the guy. So obviously he replaces, you know, uh, he becomes the man at quarterback, and I think he's going to be good. And obviously their defense is led by Patty Fisher, uh, but the schedule is brutal this year. I mean, they have to go on the road to Stanford, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and they play against Ohio State, even though it's a home game, but still, they're playing the Buckeyes this year, something that they didn't do last year. Fitzgerald is a great head coach. I mean, if if you know if my son played football i would want him and especially if he was playing defense or something i would you know would love for him to go to northwestern and get coached up by fitzgerald because he's a really underrated coach and i think nfl team should be looking at somebody like that if he's interested because i think this guy's is a big time motivator and he gets the most out of his teams but i just think they, they overachieved last year. I just can't see them living up to the billing again. So they're they're bound to take a step back. And I think it's going to be Northwestern this year. And Let's no, talk about... And no, and yeah. no Clayton Thorson, you know. Yeah, but I think... I actually believe that Hunter Johnson is an upgrade. I just think he's more talented. Uh, he, he can do a lot more things out there. Look, Thorson has been there for four years. He, he had a great career. I'm not going to take it away. But I think... Hunter Johnson is actually going to drive the train. I don't think the quarterback is going to be the problem. I just think it's the schedule. I think they, they lost some players out there, and it's just going to be tough to replace. So I think they're, they're bound to take a step back. Let's We always do this. Uh, let's talk about the, the best pro prospects uh, coming out of the Big Ten. Who should we be uh, looking at? Well, the first name that jumps out to me is... Uh is Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. And we've already talked about him, but, you know, just good combination of speed and power, an explosive runner, good bursts, um, used in long passes, going to be effective, I think, in short passes in an NFL. Um, you know, he's tough enough to run between the tackles, but he's also fast enough to run to the outside. He's really a complete runner. So Jonathan Taylor is one. Uh, another one is Chase Young. Um, we've already talked about him. Um, has a nice inside rip move and a bull rush. Uh, he has decent bend. Uh, is is he's too quick for guards and he executes his stunts pretty well. Um, he's decent in coverage. I would say I'm not really too high on him as a run defender. Um, but you could go on with the Ohio State guys. I mean, J.K. Dobbins. He's a shifty runner. Good lateral quickness. Um, strong enough to be able to break arm tackles, capable of running to the outside, good speed. Um, you know, these these sort of, you know, outside running backs, 
you know, these smaller backs are, are really doing well in the NFL. I mean, you look at guys like Philip Lindsay, you look at Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, even Christian McCaffrey. I mean, these guys who are, you know, the lighter backs, the, you know, guys who they said, you know, would be scat backs or, you know, part-time slot receivers are ended up being very effective backs and very quick and very hard to bring down. So, um it just shows you don't you don't need to have all the power in the world to be a, an effective bell cow for a team. Anybody else we should be obviously you mentioned the uh, skill players um, out there. I think the Big Ten has uh, a few offensive linemen that that we should be keeping an eye on. Uh, I just think that Alaric Jackson, uh, junior from Iowa, the left tackle there. I, I think he's got a lot of potential there. Tristan Worf's uh, another. A right tackle for Iowa. Uh, Iowa Hawkeyes always produce very good offensive linemen. Uh, ben Bredesen, uh, a senior offensive guard from Michigan. I think you know he's a guy that's going to be valued for his run blocking out there. I like uh, Bryson Hopkins, tight end, uh, senior from Purdue. I think he's very underrated. Um, another guy that's kind of flying under the radar, and maybe he's not anymore. I know he's going to be at the Senior Bowl. Wide receiver Tyler Johnson. He's from Minnesota. Uh, explosive guy with the ball in his hands. Uh, kind of makes a lot of spectac- spectacular catches out there. I just offensive line. You know that's that's the bread and butter for for the Big Ten. And uh, I don't want to leave out uh, a couple of you know defensive players out there. We mentioned Patty Fisher. Uh, junior linebacker from Northwestern, a couple of guys Ohio State has, uh, uh, Jeffrey Ukada. Um, he only started a couple of games last year, but this guy's got speed, length, size. Uh, I think he might carry on that tradition at Ohio State. Jordan Fuller, the, the safety from Ohio State, Damon Arnett, a senior cornerback from Ohio State. You know, the Buckeyes have a really good secondary out there, and uh, I wanted to bring up their names as well. Might not be. We'll talk about another guy later on. I don't want to mention him right now, but we're going to do a little scouting. Um, we're going to put him under the microscope and kind of break down his game. Uh, just a little clue. He's a defensive lineman from Iowa. Um, we don't want to mention him right now, but we'll uh, we'll come back to him um, later on in the show. Anybody else you wanted to mention in the Big Ten? That well, maybe we're, we're, I, somebody we're, we're, I overlook. Well, I think maybe just one name. You know, we're gonna talk about him later. But AJ Epinensa, um, that's that's a Big Ten guy too. Um, right. I, I mentioned that we'll we'll talk about him later. Um, so what's uh, since you have Michigan beating Ohio State? Um, you know, obviously Michigan is gonna be. A, you believe that Michigan is gonna be in the Big Ten. I believe that Michigan is gonna be in the Big Ten conference. Um, championship. Who will represent the? Who's going to be the West team? Do you have Wisconsin? Do you have Iowa? Who is the team that's going to come out of the West? Ed, in your opinion, you know, I like I like a big year out of Jonathan Taylor, and I I like the Wisconsin team. I think they've always kind of rebuilt, you know, their offensive line, and um, so yeah, I think I think they're I I really think they're the best of that division. Um, you know, Iowa Iowa's a good team. Um, they, they, they are, they're good at producing NFL talent, you know, in sort of areas that are important to having a complete team, but I, I never see them really build it in the, 
in the real like skill the skill positions you know i never i i don't really remember many like star quarterbacks coming from Ohio, uh, from iowa but you know it's definitely at the one line of scrimmage and tight ends i mean iowa's always been very good yeah they lost a couple of tight ends obviously they lost noah fant um they lost tj hawkinson that's huge but they have a really good offensive line and they have a quarterback this year they've got nathan stanley look he, he isn't great uh but i think he's gonna be a mid-round pick but you, you might get some exciting games out of them. And I think Iowa is the team that's going to represent the West and and is, is going to play against Michigan in the, in the Big Ten Championship. I just think they have a good team. Uh, and you can always count on the, on the Hawkeyes as, as far as defense goes. All right, let's uh, move on to the SEC preview, Ed. Um, you know, the SEC is still the best conference uh, by far. I mean, with all due respect to the ACC and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, it's, you know, the the best college football games are still played on Saturday in the SEC. You know, we're all glued to our TV sets watching Georgia against Alabama, um, you know, Florida Gators who are coming up again. So, and as long as Nick Saban is still in Alabama. I mean, this this is still going to be the best conference there. So I assume there's no surprise, right, Ed? I mean, the best team is still the Alabama Crimson Tide, right? Yeah, I mean, if if you want to talk about it, I mean, we can. I mean, I'll just no, say- I don't think we should. I mean, they every year they have the talent, they reload. I mean, they lose people to the NFL, but they they get replaced, and you know they got Tua back and. They've got Najee Harris, even though they lost Damon Harris, and then they've got a great wide receiver group, and you know they always seem to reload on the offensive line, and and their defense is always great because I mean Saban always pays more attention to to that side of the ball. So we all know Alabama is going to be there in the end. It's going to be really surprising if they don't win the SEC. Um, so let's let's move on. You know that's that's not a shocker. It's not a surprise. It would have been a shocker if. We thought that somebody else was was better than Alabama this year. Maybe it will happen, uh, but not this year. How about a team on the rise, Ed? Uh, who is who is the team that we should be uh, keeping an eye on? Who is the team that that might challenge uh, some of those top teams? You know, I'm thinking LSU. Uh, you know, I think it was about a year ago at this time we were talking about whether Ed Orgeron was going to keep his job at LSU. He went out and had a great year. Sure, they had some losses, but they lost to really tough teams. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, I mean, this is a good story. This is a guy who lost the job at Ohio State, transferred, and won the job at LSU. LSU has had trouble trying to find quarterbacks. Um, you know, they returned seven starters on offense, eight starters on defense, Um you know, Grant Delpit's going to be a junior. Rashard Lawrence is going to be a senior. Um, so I, I, I'm really, I'm really, I'm, I think LSU deserves to be a top ten team. Probably won't win the SEC. Probably will get pushed back because they play in a tough conference. But and you know, may lose a few more games. But they are one of the best. They are one of the top ten best college football teams. Yeah. I- you know, yeah, I think, you know, obviously they're they're going to be there. Um, it's not a shocker, I mean, that you mentioned them, and I'm glad that you mentioned them. Um, I'm going to take it a step further a little bit. I'm looking at a team in the SEC that nobody expects a lot out of. I'm looking for a team that might be in, still in that rebuilding phase, but I think a team that's on the upswing. 
I think a team that might win eight games. And a few years back, that's something that would have been unheard of in the SEC conference. I'm looking at the Tennessee Bulls. Um, Jeremy Pruitt took over last year. He finished five and seven last year. The offense was was terrible. I mean, it's just they they couldn't get things done. I think they were last in rushing. Um, you know, they, their offense was was almost like last in yards in the SEC. But they have everyone back. I mean, they have a quarterback. They've got running backs in the, in that conference. They've got Ty Chandler. They've got Tim Jordan. Those guys kind of flashed the past couple of years. They've got a really good wide receiver group. Um, the blocking needs to be a hell of a lot better on the offensive line. I mean, if they want to run the football, if they want to protect their quarterback, the offensive line needs to be better. But they do have Trey Smith, who is an NFL caliber left tackle. He might be a guard at the next level, but um, you know, but he's still around. He's got some health issues to work out with to work out, but they've got some talent. I'm I'm looking for them to improve on D. But Jeremy Pruitt, I mean, that, that's something that's his forte. He was a defensive coordinator before. So I, I think they can, they can be better this year. And I just think this is the team on the upswing. Kind of like in the Big Ten, you know. I was, I was looking at a team that, like Nebraska, who went 4-8, and eight, that might go like 8-4 and four next year or 8-5. and five. Same thing with, with the Tennessee Bulls. I'm a believer that Pruitt is building something there. And I'm not saying he's going to win 10 games like Dan Mullen did last year with Florida, you know, in his first year. I think Pruitt is going to win eight, and I think there's a lot of optimism there. I think there's a lot of talent um, for the Tennessee program. So that, that that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for them to establish something, and I'm looking for the Vols to be a, a lot better this year. I think they will surprise a few more people. How about um, a team? I, yeah. I mean, I just want to mention too, they're, they're a team just on the rise in the long term. They had a top 15 recruiting class this year. So, I mean, yes, they are an SEC team, but being a top 15 recruiting class, that that says this this team is looking to be a contender. So A good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, maybe I'm jumping a little bit too fast onto their bandwagon. And maybe they're still a couple of years away, but I'm I'm looking at their schedule again, and I think it's favorable. Uh, I think um, I believe that this is a team that could definitely win eight games in this conference. How about a team that will disappoint eventually uh, when we uh, look back at the season? You know, the team I'm thinking is going to be down this year is Ole Miss. Uh, you know, they returned three starters on offense only. Um, you know, all their quarterback candidates are freshmen. Uh, you know, they lost DK Metcalf and AJ Brown as their receivers. Um, you know, they don't have a lot of experience on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and they're transitioning to a new defense and a new defensive coordinator in Mike McIntyre, who I know pretty well being the CU coach. But um, so, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a tough year for the Ole Miss Rebels. You know, I'm, I'm going to go with Auburn. Uh, th- this is a team that. Um, Went eight and five last year. Um, you know, obviously Gus Malzahn is on the hot seat. Um, ever since what 2013 season when they went 12 and two, that was an incredible run. But he's been up and down, and uh, I think he's gotten a, li- a lot of leeway there. Um, Jared Stidham has gone. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's not. When you have like Bo Nix or Joey Gatewood there. I'm not sure it's an upgrade over Jared Stidham. The defensive line is going to be great, and we'll we'll talk about those names during football season. 
Um, I think the offensive line is going to be better, even though they struggled last year, but they have five seniors coming back. And their skill guys are, are talented. They really are. But again, I keep coming back to the schedule. And Auburn plays Oregon. They're playing Oregon and Dallas, but it's still a really talented Ducks team led by Justin Herbert. Then they're going against Florida, who's a preseason top 10 team. And it's a really good team, and it's in Gainesville. Um, then they play against a top 10 caliber LSU team in Baton Rouge, of all places. And then they've got like a, a Texas A&M squad that nobody's talking about. Uh, and that's going to be in College Station. Look, it, when I'm looking at those games, I mean, they're going to they're gonna wind up like 0-4. I, I don't think Auburn is going to sneak up on these teams. I think they're going to lose. And then they've got Mississippi State. They've got a game against Georgia. And then they play against Alabama. I mean, I, I don't see them beating Alabama or Georgia. So to me, this looks like a 6-6 a six and six team at best. I mean, with, with all due respect, maybe they sneak in. Maybe they get in there in the bowl game. Maybe they win it. They go 7-6. and six, But that's not going to save Malzahn. And I just think there's a lot of talent there, but the schedule is just brutal. And uh, they can win eight games, but... I think they're going to win about six, and uh, that that would be considered a, a disappointing season for for the Auburn Tigers, especially after going eight and five last year. So I'm expecting for them to to take a step back. All right, um, let's talk about best top NFL prospects out of the SEC. Always a lot of players to keep an eye on. Obviously, there are a few quarterbacks there, and they've got. A lot of talent on offense and defense. So let's throw out some top names. Well, Andrew Thomas is an obvious one. You know, guy with good footwork, hard to get by when he gets his hands on you, decent run blocker, good technique. Um, just you know, your top, your top left tackle. You know. Um, oh, he's really good. I mean, he's really good in pass protection, and he's got quick feet. And I think, uh, yeah, another. Great offensive lineman to come out of the SEC. Um, a lot of attention was on Jonah Williams last year out of Alabama. But this year, Andrew, Andrew Thomas is definitely the top dog, especially in the SEC. Uh, a worthy top 10 pick, and I think he's going to go a lot higher than that if he puts together a, a really good season. Um, obviously, a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Alabama <laughs> seems to be talented in every position there. At those skilled positions. Yeah, I mean, you can find just numerous talent and guys we've talked about already. You know, I mean, Tua, I mean, I, re- I really like him as a quarterback. We'll talk about him more on a future podcast. But, uh, you know, he's 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 really got an accurate ball. Um, that's what I like about him. He's got great ball placement. And, uh, you know, he, he maybe has a little trouble under pressure, but he really... He really has all the tools to be a good NFL quarterback. I mean, he has a strong enough arm, and um, so I mean, you know, Tua, Tua. I mean, Tua could go as high as number two. I mean, I could see someone trading up to number two to take him. You know, after Justin Herbert, that's that's really how high I am on him. Um, you know, there's uh, Jerry Judy, who we've talked about. Grant Delpit, who we've talked about. Dylan Moses, you know, a guy with good run-stopping ability, able to fill running lanes, decent instincts. Um, you know, he, he, he hasn't been asked to blitz a ton, but he's adequate at it. Um, Derek Brown, who, you know, has 
could have could have come out last year if he wanted to. Um, C.J. Henderson, who we'll talk about in the future. Um, there's Raekwon Davis, who you know was draft eligible last year, and you know has all the tools. I mean, he was supposed to be he was supposed to be ahead of Quinnen Williams, and uh, Quinnen Williams had a better year. But you know, don't sleep on Raekwon Davis. That's for sure. Um, you know, great power as a pass rusher, great technique to stay low, gets off blocks effectively in the run game. Good hand use as a pass rusher, um, and he could play everything from the zero to the five technique. Um, but his his best fit is probably as a three four defensive end. Um, you know, there's Jake Fromm, who I mean needs no introduction. Uh, Xavier McKinney from Alabama. Uh, yeah, Nick- guys, that, Fromm has just been kind of the lost man. I mean, all this guy does is win, and people question, you know, whether he's just a a check down guy like AJ McCarron, uh, whether he has a strong, strong enough arm. I mean, if if you're a winner in college football, I mean that takes you a long way. So we'll talk about from again in the future shows out there. A guy who's kind of been forgotten a little bit behind all the Justin Herbert hype, or Tua hype. But you'll uh, but you'll be hearing about it for if if not just from us, but also from the national media this year. He's gonna. Oh, I mean, I, I think Georgia's going to have a good year this year, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I mentioned a couple of more uh, defensive guys. J.R. Reed, senior safety from Georgia. Fulton, uh, senior cornerback from LSU, had a really good year last year. I think he can build on it. Nick Coe, uh, defensive end from Auburn, junior. I think this guy is also a, a future 3-4 defensive end. I uh, wanted to mention him. Alex Leatherwood, uh, junior tackle from Alabama, might be the next great offensive lineman from Alabama. I uh, wanted to mention a couple of running backs. Najee Harris, um, kind of um, kind of a Derrick Henry type of runner. Uh, he's a junior, hasn't had that, that coming out party, um, has flashed since his freshman season, but I think this is going to be his year to, to shine. And I wanted to ma- mention... DeAndre Swift, uh, junior running back from Georgia. I just believe that this guy is a special runner, and Georgia always produces very good backs. I mean, from Todd Gurley to Nick Chubb, and DeAndre Swift might not be as big, um, but he he is a special talent, and I think definitely a guy that should be uh, a first-round pick in next year's draft. So a couple more guys. And I, and I know I said this already on this show, but those types of running backs are – are being successful in the NFL. So, um, you know, those smaller backs, you know, like DeAndre Swift. So, and J.K. Dobbins, too. Well, I think, yeah, I don't think we talk about them in that same way. We don't even talk about quarterbacks anymore as being small. I mean, look at Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. So, Tua is going to be scrutinized, but um, he's going to win a lot of games and he's going to put up huge numbers. So, I think those things are kind of going away a little bit. If you could play, you could play. I, I've never looked at size as a, as a big disadvantage. I mean, look at Drew Brees, for God's sake. Look at Russell Wilson, if we're talking about quarterbacks out there. Um, all right. Um, basically, uh, that was the SEC preview. And now we'll put a couple of prospects under the microscope, Ed. Um, obviously, we've got a couple of interesting guys out there. Uh, let's start with the wide receiver from Clemson, T. Higgins. Well, the things that kind of come away from me is he's tall and speedy, and he's a good red zone target. Um, 
But, you know, he didn't run a full route tree at Clemson, and that that makes me kind of question whether I really want to invest a, a first-round pick in him. I think he has very strong talent, but does he... You know, you know, is he the route runner that you need him to be? And I mean, that's going to be key in the NFL. I mean, he just, you know, he did a lot of out routes, and that that just, you know, that didn't impress me about him. Well, I mean, he um, his his favorite routes are fade routes, slants. Um, he runs posts, and he does those quick outs. I mean, Clemson always kind of simplifies those things from from the wide receivers they don't make it as complicated as they do in some other schemes out there but Clemson has a huge I mean they've produced great wide receiver talent over and over again every year and so there's huge company there I mean look at DeAndre Hopkins look at the type of wide receiver that he has become people question his speed uh, people question, you know, the offense that he came out of. Um, Sammy Watkins. I mean, obviously injuries have held him back, but when he's been on the field, he has made some plays. Um, Mike Williams was the seventh overall pick by the San Diego Chargers. Came back last year and just had a brilliant year. Uh, Big time target in the red zone. So Dabo Sweeney has produced great wide receiver talent in the Obviously, we had Hunter Renfro come out last year. We'll see how he does with the Raiders. Um, obviously, you know, they've got a pedigree out there. It's kind of like Alabama. I mean, Clemson, the list of the wide receivers that they've <laughs> that they have come out and, and been selected in the first round just keeps growing by the minute. So, um, you know, there's one thing I would say. He's a five-star recruit. He's a former basketball player. He's got a great vertical and a huge catching radius. So, when you look at him, he is really a nightmare in red zone situations. And the wide receiver knows it. I mean, Trevor Lawrence usually looks in T. Higgins' direction um, in the red zone. He, he's physical, but it, Ed obviously is questioning his route running. I do as well. I also question his speed. I realize he's a big wide receiver. He's about 6'4", you know, 210, but he's not fast. I mean, I'm not seeing a guy that's going to run a 4-5. I actually see a 4-6 guy. He's savvy, but he's more of a possession guy. So <clears throat> that's what I'm seeing. He also, you know, he's a good athlete, but he rounds off his routes at times. He will have those focus drops. Um, but there's a lot to like about T. Higgins. And actually, in the, my mock draft, I mean, I did put him in the first round because I do think this is a special wide receiver group. And I think he's going to impress people with his athleticism, his jumping ability, and people will overlook his, you know, four, five, eight, four, six type of speed because he can do a lot of things out there. He's no Mike Williams, but I, I do think there's there's a lot of potential there. I mean, you don't see a first round guy. No, I wouldn't say that. This is what I see. I see a very good Z receiver. I don't okay. see I don't see an X receiver. I think a lot of teams want an X receiver in the first round. I see a very good Z receiver, a very good number two outside receiver. I see a guy who can be explosive, but I don't. I think he will go first round, but I just I I would I would really I would really have to have a need for a Z guy to to really want to pull the trigger on him in the first round because I. 
you know, if, if I'm if I'm asking for him to be my number one receiver and to, you know, if I'm rebuilding my receiver core, um, you know, I need to see a better route runner. Agreed. And hopefully he can build on that. As a junior, I think this is going to be a huge year for him to take that a step up. Because last year at the end of the season, I thought he got better. I thought Trevor Lawrence trusted him more. But I also realized that Justin Ross uh, became more of the go-to guy, the, the freshman wide receiver. And Lawrence was looking his way more because you know, he trusted him to, to make the, the explosive play. But um, yeah, I think Higgins is definitely up there. He's going to be in the conversation. I'm not saying he's going to be the first wide receiver off the board. Um, I don't think he's better than Judy or LaVisca, uh, guys that we've talked about in the past couple of shows. Um, but I do think he's going to be in the conversation with the, you know, C.D. Lambs and and the Tylen Wallaces uh, from Oklahoma State. I think Higgins brings that extra dimension. Uh, like I said, he is a red zone nightmare for those smaller cornerbacks that that try to match up with him in, in man coverage. I mean, the guy is six four, and he he can jump out of the gym. I mean, he's got a forty inch vertical easily. He's got a huge catching radius and kind of reminds me of Mike Williams a little bit when he was in college because Clemson always looked his way in red zone situations. I think Higgins will excel at that. But I just I want to see him be a little bit more quicker in and out of his breaks, um, dip his sips a little bit more and become a, a sharper route runner. And speed. Speed is going to be a huge question mark for him. Um, all right. Uh, T. Higgins, wide receiver from Clemson, uh, was the guy that we put under the microscope on the offensive side of the ball. Um, we gave you a little spoiler earlier on in the show about a, a player that we'll talk about on the defensive side of the ball. He's a defensive end from Iowa. Ed. Uh, let's talk about him. This is a guy I really like. Um, you know, he's a five-star recruit out of Illinois, uh, true junior. Um, what I see him best as a, is as a 3-4 defensive end. Um he has good bend for his guy's size. He, ha- I mean, I mean, for a guy who's gonna play probably the three-four defensive end and play the five technique, he has really good bend. Um, and he uses his hands well as a pass rusher. Um, he's he's pretty average at getting off blocks in the run game, um, but he has the strength to win matchups in defensive line play. So this is a guy. This is a guy who's gonna help you in the pass rushing department. You know, gonna win matchups and. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely a first round, you know, maybe, you know, with a good combine, top ten top ten guy. AJ Panezza, that's that's the guy that we're talking about here. Um I agree with Ed. He's a three four defensive end. I think he is he's made for that. Um I think he's a guy that, that will get better at getting off blocks. He's a guy that can take on multiple blockers out there and he's got a good he's got a good coach there. Um and I think Ferenc is definitely going to get him ready uh, for the NFL. I, I believe that he's going to enter the draft. I do believe he's a five, top five, top ten pick uh, because I think the potential uh, is enormous. I mean, his ceiling is really, really high. Um, and I think he's, he's a guy that people will be talking about on the defensive side of the ball. You know, we've, we're getting excited about quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs when it comes to the... 2020 NFL draft but this guy is a special talent on the defensive side of the ball and uh, 
Yeah, the the Iowa defensive I, lineman is is going to be uh, is going to have a great year as a junior. I I I do want to talk about the fact that this this is turning out to be a more offensive draft. I think last year was much more of a defensive draft, but I think this year is going to be a more offensive draft. So that could probably push Epinensa higher. Could could, but he's he's not going to be for every scheme, and I think that's. That's important to understand. Look, he can play in a 4-3, no question about it. But he just, he is, he's not built for that. He's, he's more of a 3-4 guy. And uh, there are plenty of teams that run the 3-4 defense. But um, like I said, he's, he's not for everybody. And I think people will realize that as the season unfolds. But uh, I see a top 10 talent here, a guy that was just highly recruited. He chose to go to Iowa and... Uh, he looks special. He really does. And uh, I agree with you, Ed. I mean, last year, everybody focused on the defensive line, defensive tackles, and, you know, Nick Bosa. And this year, it's it's about the skilled positions, uh, mainly about wide receivers and running backs, and then a few quarterbacks sprinkled into it. Um, yeah, this year, it won't be like that. I mean, obviously, we'll see Raekwon Davis and Derek Brown, but He'll be, uh, he'll probably be the the Iowa guys is, is going to be the, you know, the top player. Might be the top player on the, on the especially on the defensive line. Might be the top player uh, on defense, just overall. So. I I, w- I will say I'm going to be really disappointed if Epinensa is picked by a four three team because that is not where his potential is. Yeah, uh, like I said, I think. Uh, <laughs> We'll see. I, I think it's going to be, they're going to be okay. And uh, I think he will go to a 3 4 team. All right. Thank you for listening, boys and girls. This was, uh, this was Bloodscast number uh, 68. And we'll come back next week. Take care. Thanks.